have this friendly against Latvia, which is a little bit of a nothing game. It could be interesting that game now if it is the case that this is when Evan Ferguson starts and maybe that's his chance. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. Welcome to Monday Night's Off the Ball. Mick's just telling me off air about the cash machine. We'll get to that momentarily. There's plenty of grounds to cover before then. Uh, it is a packed, packed show tonight. We're going to have Joe Brawley on to us very shortly indeed, talking about the shambles that has arisen out of uh, yesterday's All Ireland Club football final at Croke Park between Kilmaco Croaks and Glen of Derry. Uh, we'll also have Morris Brosnan on to talk the uh, further aftermath of that and to look back on the career of David Moore and his call time on his intercounty career today. Monday Night Rugby, we've got Gordon Darcy and Maddie Williams onto us to talk about Ulster's progress to the last 16 of the Heineken Champions Cup, where Munster need to go next, Joey Carberry, and indeed what could well be Ireland's centre partnership in the Six Nations. And on the football show tonight, we will be joined by Miguel Delaney and Jonathan Wilson on a day when Frank Lampard has abdicated his throne at Everton and we look back on yesterday's fantastic Premier League encounter between Arsenal and Manchester United you can get in contact with us tonight uh, by texting us 53106 for 30 cent you can tweet us at off the ball joining me for the news round as I mentioned is the cash machine uh, gossip monger <coughs> who is Mick McCarthy uh, someone didn't answer their phone after six rollovers in a row uh, missed calls and then there was the, uh, over 100 grand and somebody got the number wrong they answered it and got the number wrong be absolutely sick yeah. He's a still nerd. Also, thanks for, thanks for taking your time that intro as I sorted as I was so unprepared talking about the cash sheet I didn't even have my mic turned on. Absolutely. For really appreciate it. See, I, see I'm a pro. Uh, for those who are, who are wondering, by the way, Joe has taken news of the new Sunday game host particularly badly. <laughs> he was expecting a phone call from Declan McBennett yesterday afternoon, one that, that ultimately didn't come, that went the way of, of Jackie Hurley. Congratulations to her, but Joe... Our thoughts are with you at this difficult time. We might not even see him for a couple of weeks at this stage. He's so upset. He's in mourning. Uh, I think there are going to be three weeks of, of off-the-ball mourning, certainly, are going to be adhered to. So, uh, Joe, uh, we wish you all the best. We hope you manage to uh, struggle through this difficult time. We'll try and adopt the sombre tone that is fitting to himself missing out on the big gig. Listen, we're going to get to the news round pretty sharpish because we haven't got a whole lot of elbow room tonight because there is, as I mentioned, there so much, as Mick alluded to in my massive long intro. Uh, we do have a lot to cover, uh, especially... The events yesterday at Crow Park, Amory. Uh, what's the latest with Kilmacuds and Glen and their extra man? Glen have until half past three on Wednesday afternoon to launch an objection to the result of yesterday's AIB All Ireland Club Senior Football Championship final. Dublin's Kilmacud Croaks beat the Derry Club 111 to 19 at Croke Park yesterday. However, Croaks made two late substitutions with Tom Fox and Connor Casey coming on for Paul Mannion and Dara Mullen. Mullen seems, though, to have stayed on the field of play as Glenn took a 45 in the final passage of play. So therefore, there were 16 Croaks players on the field. The penalties for breaching this rule include the awarding of the game to the opposing team for the game to be replayed or a fine. The GAA, though, has left it up to Glenn to decide if they want to raise an objection rather than make the decision themselves. Glenn manager Malachi O'Rourke initially said yesterday that they would not be appealing, but it's believed they sought clarification on the matter from the GAA this morning. Mick, <laughs> this is only going one way, isn't it? And that is, fine, slap on the wrists, sorry, let's move on. Do you think so? I don't know. I feel like the momentum might be heading the other way and people will listen to Joe Raleigh on the show in about 20 minutes. And I find it hard to listen 
I, I, I was listening to that when you were talking to him earlier, just thinking, I don't know how you can argue against this. I just don't know how, if more and more people start talking about this, the day goes on, it actually, it's one of those things that feels complicated, but is actually really black and white. It's kind of straightforward. Seems to like, be. Like, you, you had a man on the line who wasn't supposed to be on the pitch. It wasn't Paul Mannion, the 17th man standing on the sideline. Kind of not, not, not involved, anything. not yeah. interfering, shouting at the free taker. But other than that, he could have done that from the That's bench. Neither here, neither. You know, um, it wasn't that. This was an extra man who was taken up, you know, who freed up somebody to take up a man mm. who, you know, was taking up room on the line when a goal was needed. I think this is straightforward. You broke the rules of play in a really, really straightforward way, and there has to be, I think, a replay. It's odds that the GEA have left this in the hands of Glenn to go and sort out for themselves. I'm really that, that, I think that's where the issue lies here for me. It's not that a rule has been broken and the, like, there may or may not action be taken on this. It's that the GEA haven't grabbed this by the scruff of the neck and said, right, there's clearly an issue here. Let's speak to the referee. Let's speak to both teams. Let's get their views and make a decision ourselves. It's like, oh, sure, we'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see what that lot say and, and, and then we'll move on from there. That That's odd. Yeah, it's really bad that the GA haven't come out and taken responsibility for this because it has to be said like, okay, you'd have a degree of sympathy for the officials yesterday because we all know in those kind of last moments of a final, if something is on the line, it can kind of have a kind of an insane atmosphere. And we've all been on sidelines where things go out the window and it's a bit of a free for all. But it's up to the officials. They're in charge of proceedings. And this isn't a small scale game down the back of the country like this is an All-Ireland final at Croke Park it has to be better than this and this comes a week after a captain calls out poor officiating in a speech following an All-Ireland final as well like it's just really disappointing and like when a substitution is made a slip has to be filled out and signed by the team making the substitution that's given to an official either that's the linesman or the referee but that is given to the official so it's up to them to like lay down the rules of the game I don't think it's fair to say that Kilmacud cheated I think that the officials is what's let everyone down here and the referee is the only person in the stadium who has the power to stop the game it should have been done and it's just really poor from the GA to put it back into Glenn's court then as well the idea that if they do sleek uh, replay now they'll be seen as sore losers and I don't think it is as black and white as well as just play a replay because is there really integrity in a replay like when do you play it logistically the inter-county season starts on Saturday I think they can find time for it. I think when you look at how teams approach the league, there is a betting in point for those players who have been involved in uh, club action in the latter stages thereof. Yeah, and they bring, them, they bring them back anyway, in. Yeah. yeah, but say Glenn were to win the replay, there will always be an asterisk beside that All-Ireland. But there is going to be anyway. Like, and that's, that's awfully winning yeah. the All-Ireland in 98. If you're like, you know, Claire will always say that they were never beaten. Well, they were beaten, I suppose, the next week. But <laughs> they had... <laughs> Claire will always think there's an asterisk associated with that. I don't think the country does. I don't think the record books do. I think people will talk about it as one of the most dramatic and memorable years of all time. But I think ultimately people will say Offaly were the All-Ireland champions. And that's because a fundamental mistake was made by the referee that was outside the rules of the game. And I think this is it. I, I know what you mean about the referees, but I do think, as you said at the start, there's a lot going on there. I think that's understandable. I think it's, I think it's normal enough for a referee to kind of assume that the player who was taken off will leave the field. And maybe you should see it, but 
those things are missed. I don't think anybody's saying that Kilmer could have cheated. I feel like there's actually very little blame going around to this. But it's just the fact that... It's just an F up. A really, yeah. really fundamental rule of the game was broken. Yeah. And I just think feel like we have to... When you see those... I don't, I don't think it can stand. I really don't. When you see those pictures of, of young kids in kind of purple and yellow jerseys today being pictured with the... The All Ireland Club Football Trophy, and can you can you envisage a fireworks? I know, but can you envisage a scenario whereby the GEA rock up and say and take the trophy back? That's that's as much as in my head I kind of think this is clear and obvious. There is an element that it's gone to such a degree that I don't. I just I can't see it going. What about the poor kids crying in Mahara and Glen? About the, the, and, and you know their team was robbed of an All Ireland. You know, it's like what about those kids? How come they're not more as important as the? The leafy not, South Dublin is it fair to say kids. though that Glen were Sorry, robbed? Is it, is it fair to say Glen were robbed of an All Ireland? I no. think that's dramatic. Yeah, because because ultimately it was a they mistake their choice, made yeah. in the officiating at the very end of the game. It's a mistake made. Well, the Kilmacud are responsible for their mistake as well. Like I mean, their player didn't leave the field having been substituted. Does there need to be more? You know, like it's not. It's not. It wasn't like they were kind of innocent bystanders, and I don't think they cheated or did anything purposely. But they made that mistake. The last thing the GA ever wants is to be compared to soccer. But does there need to be more of? And this has been coming to a degree because substitutions are such a coming um, off, coming off and coming on. Does there need to be actually a bit of formality around introduced as opposed to? Asher will t- send someone on and someone will eventually toddle away off. You know, there is a bit of a gap there that doesn't happen in certain other sports. Well, yeah, you'd imagine a game of this magnitude in Croke Park, the national stadium, that it would be better. But it wasn't. Yeah, so half three tomorrow, essentially, is what the Half three the on deadline. Wednesday. Wednesday. I thought that was when the replay was going to be there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You know, this is you. This is all. This is normally the time when you hear that Turles has been booked for Saturday evening. <laughs> when would the replay be played? That's the question. In the middle I don't of know. the league. And that pitch needs a break, by the way, as well. It does, doesn't it? That yesterday. That's the worst I've ever seen Crow Park in. Is that? Like, and it's good that so many club games have been played there. Actually, twenty club games. I yeah, think somebody said it's yesterday. Been brilliant, actually, that it. they've been there all winter, but uh, and the ground has been used for its purpose, which is great, but. I think the fact that that the, pitch is normally pristine. Yeah, it usually has a resting period that I don't think it got because the the Garrett gigs were so late in the day. And um, we have to move on. We will get to that Glen issue, and we're going to be speaking to Joe Brawley about that very shortly. Indeed, we're going to be speaking to Morris Brosnan about it as well too. Uh, but there was a less controversial final, I guess you'd say, yesterday, Emery. Yeah, Ballyhale Shamrocks won the hurling final yesterday. The Kilkenny club beat Dunloy of Antrim one twenty two to one fifteen. Also at Croke Park, own Cody with the goal there as they won their ninth All. Ireland title and that was their third in five years. Speaking to Ashlyn O'Reilly after the game that hunger for continued success was one area that manager Pat Hoban touched upon. Obviously to be involved with that team to be here on a day like this to uh, to win an All-Ireland is, is dream come true stuff. Like to be fair and, and uh, you know for a club anybody who knows the place like it's literally made up of a handful of families you know it's an incredible achievement how they keep producing players players and how this particular group keep coming back you know the, the appetite to keep winning the, that desire is just unbelievable and coming here today a lot of people would have said that Dunloy they didn't have a chance coming up against Ballyhale Shamrocks but that wasn't the case out there Dunloy really held their own right until the bitter end yeah like we didn't believe that to be absolutely honest and I mean that with, with utmost respect to Dunloy as I said, we'd spoke to Thomas's and got their views and they, you know, they knew what exactly what they faced. We'd seen them beat Loch Neal. You know, you don't do that easily. So they were well set up, really good hurler, really good standard of player, pace um, and 
tactically very well set up. So we knew what was coming and it took us a long time to get to grips with it. And of course, the news round brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. A few texts in on 43106, naturally enough, on the situation involving uh, Kilmacud and Glenn yesterday. Uh, one which I'd completely forgotten about until now. Um, Mead Vianne from 2016, Christy Ring. Mead got the cup, celebrated for two full days before the replay was ordered, played the replay three weeks later. There is a precedent for this. GA need to call this, says Jack and Cork. Glenn put in a horrible position, though, through no fault of their own. Keep those texts coming, 53106. Uh, Morris Brosnan and Joe Brawley on that very very shortly indeed but the big football news out of England today and Marie Frank Lampard is no longer the ever manager How have we got this long without talking about Frank Lampard? Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable but here we are Frank uh, is in the dull queue tomorrow morning Anne-Marie Yeah Everton sacked Lampard today after just under a year in charge of the club Saturday's Premier League loss to West Ham left them 19th in the table only above Southampton on goal difference they've only enjoyed three league wins so far this season the last of them came in October the club is now looking for its sixth permanent manager in five years some of the names being mentioned in relation to the job are Sean Dyche Marcelo Bielsa David Moyes Duncan Ferguson and Wayne Rooney. All over the map in terms of those potential appointees. Just give it to Duncan. Just, they've, just, been, they've, been, they've been just going around the drains with him for a few not? years. He did okay stage. when he came in yeah. as um, caretaker. I yeah, would like to point out builds them up we do mention this with uh, with uh, Miguel and with Jonathan Wilson later on the football show. Everton still haven't announced this officially. Oh sorry, yeah we've been waiting all day for a statement <laughs> but it hasn't came. But Sky have had it since oh, 3 it, o'clock it, so I presume it's, someone, it's genuine. Someone sent me a screen grab of Sky at one stage and they were like they're, they're actually being a bit ambiguous and it was like Sky Sports News it was on the right panel yeah. Lampard sack yeah. or Everton sack Frank Lampard on, and then on Two different, uh, um, what do you call those things? They call Chirons. Called? Chirons, exactly. It was said Everton sack Frank Lampard. And then under the person who was speaking, who I think was Kevin Campbell, yep. Everton sack. <laughs> so it's literally four times on the screen at one time it was said that. So if they're wrong about this because Everton haven't announced it, then my God, they've gone all in. Look at their manager history, though, in the last few years. Uh, you look at the likes of Carlo Ancelotti, now the unimpeachable head coach of the European champions. Marco Silva on the up with Fulham. Wow, uh, yeah. Roberto Martinez, who's jumped from a mediocre performance with Belgium to get the, uh, the Portugal job and you've also got Ronald Koeman who's now in charge of the Dutch there's one thing certain here Frank's landing on his feet absolutely you think so yeah I don't know I don't know like, he could be he's failed now in two jobs in a row and he's going to point towards mitigating circumstances here for sure I'll, and he I'll, can do to I'll, I'll miss a club in the Premier League or, or in English football even uh, not having the words Frank Lampard attached to their official name <laughs> Uh, you know, we've gone from Frank Lampard's Derby County to Frank Lampard's Chelsea to Frank Lampard's Everton, and you know it's just going to be tough just calling, you know, them by Frank the Lampard's way. United States Men's National Team. There you go. You said that earlier. Yes, I, I, I was interesting kind of angle. Racking my brain. He already has previous in America. Yeah, the U.S. managerial situation is a bit rocky to say the least at the minute. I can. He's got, he's suddenly found himself with a whole acre free time. I think international management would suit him to a T. And him in charge of America just has a bit of showbiz quality to it. You take it. Absolutely. He would, for sure. He needs work <laughs> at this stage, Mick. Uh, there you go. That's Frank. We'll have Miguel Delaney on Everton, Jonathan Wilson on Everton. That's all to come on the football show, naturally enough. Uh, nine o'clock tonight. Uh, but we do have live football as well, Amrit tonight, albeit 
little bit delayed it seems yeah one game in the Premier League tonight in form Fulham host Tottenham kickoff at Craven Cottage slightly delayed there to 8.15 due to transport issues in West London a win for the hosts would see them go fifth in the table and actually leapfrog tonight's opponents Matt Doherty starts there on the Spurs bench uh, bench <laughs> you tease us there with Sorry, the start so. I, I was thinking how is he back in the team um did, what did you think of the match yesterday? The, Very good. It was. Do you, know good. I, do you know what I was thinking as I was watching it? And maybe it was because it was Arsenal United, but I was yeah. like, this is what the Premier League was built on. It's like the wintry, uh, what used to be a four o'clock kickoff on the Sunday evening yep. with the two with two of the big teams playing each other in a right tussle that went down to the last minute. And it just like, I just really enjoyed it. I'd be like, if I was, you know, United aren't going to win the league this year, no matter whether we talk about them in the title race or not. I wouldn't be too unhappy if I was a United fan. They showed so much. And yet Arsenal, just like, Arsenal, you know, I know they've had 50 points in half a season and that's incredible in itself. But the fact is, they keep responding to adversity so well. And it's like, where does this come from? This team has no experience of that. You know what I mean? Whatever about them showing a bit of quality and and, and winning games early in the season and going on the run, They've had no experience. They've, had, you know, of just like being that team who will, like, who blew it, you know, seven months ago, eight months ago, at the end of last season, they completely bottled it in terms of qualifying for Champions League, and they've come back and they've become this team all of a sudden. It's kind of amazing. It is class, and uh, they do have a very solid back four. Uh, their defensive partnership never changed that great. team, do they? Uh, Saliba is 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 a revelation, and obviously they've managed how they, you know, would bring him back into the team after being on loan uh, a couple of times in France. Odegaard is simply one of the best players in the Premier League. And yeah. It's brilliant to see how his career has undergone that renaissance even though he's still relatively young. And then you have a player like Eddie Nketiah who's like their backup striker and has taken on all the responsibility of, of handling that Gabriel Jesus mantle. It's it's, uh, mm. it's quite something. I thought that was interesting watching them on the, like, after the game Yesterday it was Saka and Enkedia mm. doing the interviews and it was like two boys through the system, local guys, and it was like, it was a throwback for Arsenal. That wasn't what it was built on when they were in the Wenger glory years. Yeah. You know, this was more kind of like the Ian Wright, David Rocastle sort of. Kevin Campbell, Michael Thomas. That you know kind what of, I mean? Yeah. That, that was kind of what Tony Adams and, you know, the, the famous back four felt like there's a little bit more of what Arsenal are about, you know, about this team. Doesn't have to be everyone. Doesn't have to be even a majority, but just to have oh, to have a few kind of local boys in there that like Saka. When Saka got that goal, which was brilliant, by the way. Yeah. Just the 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 the, the way the place reacts, the way he reacts, like he is such a cult hero. Like he is Rowcastle Mark II in terms of being a cult hero. There. Funny our place in terms of, and we have to move on because we've got loads to pack in. Yeah. In terms of generating atmosphere, places that's gone from being a library to being oh, it's bouncing, yeah. it's hopping. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing to see. Uh, so yeah, we will have more on Arsenal. Uh, throughout the football show that's after 9 o'clock that delayed Premier League kickoff, of course as you mentioned 8.15 now uh, between Fulham and Tottenham uh, but we will be talking to Joe Brawley imminently about that Kilmacud Glen situation